The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. Our guest Charlie Clausen's this week. Ah, uh, yes, there's two. It's、mm-hmm. our first time we've got. Double Charlie Clausens、uh, are、uh, Tom Gleeson and Justin Hamilton. Welcome, Charlies. Thank you. I like I like the idea of being Charlies. Yes, I would like to be.、Uh, I reckon it'd be cool to be Charlie from Charlie's Angels. Oh,、okay. I would like. Why is that? Because you just you just like to be able to tell hot girls what to do. Yeah, go go out and like, and I'd give them proper missions.、Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, go and go and sort out that stuff. And I, You would have cameras, wouldn't you? Right.、Mm. So it'd be pretty cool, but I'd be in my pajamas. <laughs> it sounds very perverted. It、yeah. sounds like you're just watching hot chicks fight and masturbating. No, I would respect them. <laughs> Do you think Charlie did that ever? Do you think they ever got a message from Charlie? That,、uh, it was just Charlie going, "Hey, girls, I've got a mission for you.、Yeah. Take off your top." <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing, Charlie? For, some, you? for some reason,、uh, Charlie was Christian Slater and pump up the volume. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Reboot Charlie's Angels with Christian Slater. He's grown up. He's left radio, and he's now in charge of secret agents.、Yeah. That would be a great pump up the volume sequel. Yeah, is that if he went. From that rebel radio in pump up the volume to just working at some commercial radio station. Yeah, was now doing like secret sound and gotcha calls. That would be good. Talking about quarter hour maintenance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the、um, the secret sound is always him、yeah. doing the、yeah. same thing. What's the secret sound?、Uh, is it you masturbating again?、Oh, yeah, and in celebrity gossip, he has to talk about Winona Ryder, and he's、right. like, he f- feels a bit torn. <laughs> Like, but isn't she a person in this reality?、Oh. <laughs> this has gotten so confusing. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, uh, battles and wars, I thought you know, seeing Tom's here, yeah, and you've both been to war. Yes, we, you, you, we could talk about you going to war.、Oh, we're、yeah. war heroes. Yeah, you're yeah. both war heroes. <laughs> well, we're,、um, you didn't know this, did you? That、um, for, for people who don't know,、uh, Tom and I at different times have performed in Afghanistan. And、yes. when when did you perform in Afghanistan? I've done two tours of duty. Yeah,、uh, in '06 <laughs> and uh, 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 2011. Did you ever think? Do you ever think about not going back? Did you ever think I've done my duty? Ah,、uh, well, I do. I still suffer from post-traumatic stress. Yeah, from the first gig or the second gig? No, no, just just remembering not being able to drink for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Every now and then I'm sober, and I'm like, oh, it takes me back, and yeah, sometimes I'm hallucinating, and then I'm not, and it's like, oh, I'm having. <laughs> Whenever, you, whenever you're so mad, you hear a chopper. You suddenly encase arm. Yeah, unable to drink. Yeah, I just have a, like flashbacks where I'm just like sober for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the the interesting thing is that I I don't I think I told you this, but tell me if I'm wrong.、Um, we're allowed to march on Anzac Day. What? Oh, Did, oh, have I not told you this? No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, no. So、uh, for for Will's fans who are overseas,、uh, Anzac Day is a very important day in Australia, where we recognise sort of holiday, really. Yeah,、mm. and we recognise all the Australian and New Zealand troops、uh, that served in war, who served the, their countries. Yeah. yeah, and so we're allowed to, and it's all soldiers that march, and we're allowed to march. You can go and play two up at a RSL. At four a.m. Yep, where we are actually allowed to, and I I know、wow. that is never going to happen because it would be embarrassing. Yeah, I know. Plus, it's the Monday morning after the comedy festival. It is. I mean, it is. How are you、morning. guys ever going to get up for a dawn service、yeah. the Monday morning after the comedy festival? I we will just go. This, yeah, I couldn't bring myself to do it. We'll just go straight from the high five bar. Yeah, straight there. Dressed <laughs> in your Bollywood gear from the theme party at the end. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, the thing that I'd be worried about is, of course, it's butt up against the comedy festival as well. Is if they didn't get the banner right, they'd think we'll take we'll take. In the piss. Yes. Like if you just saw all these various platoons and whatever. Oh, look, there's the、right. there's the 39th Battalion from Kokoda and all these amazing、uh, you know groups that have all this great history. Then you see three comedians. Just you、nice. mean Limo? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> with a can in our hand, just walking down the street. I just think that we've we were trying to find a cab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've accidentally stumbled I mean, onto this. The great thing in Melbourne is you could actually stumble straight from the hi-fi bar down to the shrine. Yeah. It's only 800 metres walk. That's yeah. Right. I've, yeah. Worked, well, I've walked further to get a taxi. Yeah. It now, now sounds disrespectful <laughs> not to do it. I know. Yes. <laughs> it's now sounding like a dare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. you're snubbing it. Yeah. But uh, could you imagine the conversations? That's the that's the bit I like is, you know, <laughs> so uh, why are you here? Oh, I, I took out six of the Taliban with one bullet. And why are you here? I took yeah. out most of the Viet Cong with a grenade. And why are you here? I punched Hitler in the cock. And and what about you, Justin? Oh, I told some dick jokes in Kandahar. Kandahar. Yeah. (laughs) And that's awkward, isn't it? How good are, and this is something that took me by surprise, how good are medals? What do you mean? Well, you're presented with medals. You get a medal? Yeah, I've got heaps of them. Are you serious? Why did you get medals? No. Oh, you didn't get medals? No. Oh, my God. I must have been a real war hero. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've got medals for every gig that I did, every Are camp that medals? I went to. Yeah. What? And they're amazing. And you can wear them on your... You can probably display them. I'm allowed to wear them when I march on Anzac Day. Wow. Actually, sorry, I did get a medal, but it was in a presentation thing. It's like a certificate or something. Oh, right. No, yeah. I got a certificate, but I've got medals. I was part of Operation Slipper. Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's oh. it. No, that's the overarching operation oh, that's, that's going what it's on, called. but I was yeah. part of it. And I believe right. I was a major as well. Don't you get a rank? Oh. On your diplomatic passport, I think you're a major. Right. How good's the... A major? Yeah. That seems pretty good. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know, also the best thing is, did you do this? You get your passport for the army and you've right. got your own passport. And at one point I'm looking at it and I felt like Jason Bourne. Quick, I've got to get out of the country. I better go under this identity. But the problem is the identity is still me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to slip under. Are you Justin Hamilton? Damn, yes. it's the same identity. Yeah, and you get it, the diplomatic passport too. I think it like expires two weeks after you get it. Right. Yeah. But it'd be more exciting if it, so you don't it have should explode. <laughs> it would, so then you draw and you take it because you forget to hand it in. And yeah. There's just a little bit of smoke goes up. Oh, it's expired. I, I just love the idea that for a fortnight after you get back from war, you might have diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Like, you know, you should be able to park wherever you want just for a fortnight. Yeah. Like, diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Two, two weeks is fair, I reckon. Yeah, a fortnight yeah. for your war service. Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be great. I like the fact that the most exciting example you could think of was parking wherever you want. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I mean, it does sound exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's quite frustrating. Well, I didn't feel like park. you should get a reward. Like, oh, you should be able to kill people yeah, fair yeah, enough. just because yeah. you told some jokes in Canada. Yeah. yeah. But, but that would be good. Imagine that. You've got a week and you can, you can just take out a citizen yeah. and um, with no consequences. <laughs> that would be good. Government approved. Government approved. <laughs> that would be weird. For, like, I would find it really hard just within that week to get up the courage to be able to kill somebody. Yeah. That would be the hardest part. Yeah. Thinking of someone to kill would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the bit that crippled me. <laughs> Tom's, Tom's actually going to war, writing the list on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to work out. I'm get a hit list. I've only got a week. I'll do one a day. Did you? Um, in just asking, asking all the SAS guys for tips. Yeah. So. so yeah, if I was going back to Australia for two weeks and I was going to kill somebody, or maybe a few people, yeah. Yeah. what would be the best way to get that shit done? Just hypothetically, asking for a moment. <laughs> They'd be up for it too, because they're up for a chat. Right, are they? Yeah, cool, because it's someone new. So that's, I am interested in that. So how are you received by the... Because I've read Tom's book, yeah, uh, which is about this, and it mm. seemed like you're received by the soldiers quite well. They would like to be friendly with you, is that right? Yes. Well, when you're in any camp, you're a change of scenery. Because all the soldiers in whatever camp they're in, their day-to-day life is pretty mundane, punctuated depending on where they are on maybe extreme terror. But for the most part, they're doing the same thing every day, running into the same people doing the same thing. So you come in and you've got stories and they want to hear your stories, which seems strange because, you know, I think that they're the ones with the good stories. So but they've it's like a story uh, standoff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but they've all seen their own stories. Exactly. They've been yeah. around for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Whereas- they just... Um, and, and the thing I like the most was... Um, you know, you'd be at lunch or, or something like that and you'd just sit, you'd be sitting on your own and by the time you'd finished your lunch, there were three people sitting around you chatting about whatever because people seem to also have time, which yeah. is unusual just in our regular lives. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, well, once you've done what you have to do, mm. there's not much else. The, the, the coffee uh, shop, like, the <laughs> it yeah. was uh, was a hot 
bed of people just hanging out and talking. Just talking rubbish all day. I mean, I remember on the last day I was there last time and we're just sitting around and we're all just talking crap with various soldiers, wanted people we've just met, having a laugh. One of these guys who was telling me this great story about how, uh, you know, John Howard was pretty good in a plane because he did personal security for Prime Ministers and that Kevin Rudd was a pussy. And he's like... <laughs> he was saying, he's saying, John Howard, you know, he's a bit older and whatever, but he would just sit there, sure. I think he was in the uh, plane the time that there was a, you know, smoke went off, was in the news, and John Howard had to escape out, yep. the, um, out the back of the Hercules. And he goes, you know, and, and oh, bloody Kevin Rudd, he was a bloody... He was just he was soft, mate. He just went one slight bang and he'd be... Ah! crying like a girl. I'd have Kevin Rudd under me arm. It's alright, mate. It's alright. <laughs> so I'm having chats like this. And everyone's ebullient and great and sober and got spare time in a war yeah. zone. Then you get in the plane, fly, and then on, on my connection I'm in Qantas Club, where it's free everything. You can drink as much as you want. Everyone's fucking miserable. And, <laughs> it's, like, and it's like, you would feel like that, that was the war zone. Everyone's so depressed and just sitting there. Yeah. Real major bummer, you know. The soldiers are really funny, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the main guy that looked after us, and I think you had... Did you have Robbo? Yeah, yeah, I did have Robbo. He's 64. Bruce Franklin's both, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. <laughs> We're, uh, but Robbo is 64. Did he seem like he was a bloke and a yobbo? Yes. Right. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, so, so. Yeah, it's definitely Maybe him. That's his description. But um, that's what the Taliban have got. They've got the poster of him that they want to destroy, and it's just like uh, he's a bloke yeah. and a yobbo, <laughs> and his best mate's name is. <laughs> we get no description of Robbo in that song. Now that yeah. I realise, yeah. Robbo could not look, may not look like it at all. He might be very sophisticated. Imagine that. Mm. Oh, it could be his lawyer. Mm. Right. <laughs> That's why he's really good friends with him. But um, but Robbo is 64. His first war was Vietnam as a as a teenager, or not teenager, but as a young man. Yeah. And uh, he's he's just pretty straight up, isn't he? Like when our plane yeah. got uh, something went wrong with our plane before we could uh, catch it, and he's, he, his exact wording to me was, "Hello, the plane's fucked. The engine's gone tits up. We're here another night." <laughs> and that's how we talked. And he was hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, he's lived a life. I, I said to him, have you ever had a moment of pure terror? Like what uh, that, you know, that just really, you know, kind of changes the way you look at things. And he was saying in Vietnam there was a point where he was chasing a Viet Cong uh, person through the jungles following uh, his trail of blood. And he had that moment of going... I don't want to be here, and there is nothing I can do except continue to move forward. So yeah. he's lived a life, you know, but yeah. he's also, but that's kind of sums up what his attitude is as well, mm. which is, mate, whatever, fuck it, yeah, you've got it, yeah, tits up, there you go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what happens beforehand? How does this all work? Because I'm quite fascinated by it, and I've never done it myself. So, mm. did that, so do you have to do any training before you go? Uh, you do... They, it's not really training, is it? You it's just, just there's a few. It's a briefing. A briefing. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. You kind of just get told kind of what's going to happen. I suppose they just don't want you to go over there and go. Hang on. No one told me that was going to happen. No one. Which, told, yeah, no one told me to be bombs and guns. Yeah. 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 Right. Which is from the, some of the stories I heard about other people who went. They obviously don't pay attention in the briefing. Like there was one person I uh, who freaked. Like one of the videos you have to watch when you get into Tarankau is really confronting. Like they explain to you if a bomb comes, this is how you have to deal with it, which is lay prone on the ground. They explain the physics of how a bomb explodes and why that gives you the best opportunity to survive it. Mm. And anyway, and then they show you footage of a, a poor person who hasn't done that and had their jaw blown off mm. and it's confronting yeah. but oh. this girl who that was would on... certainly make you pay attention on Qantas if a video like that came up holy shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> g'day I'm Michael Clark and I used to have a jaw uh, yeah. g'day captain <laughs> but you know what the weird thing is though you fly off and like you would get numb to it you'd be like ah yeah. oh, bloody Clark oh, yeah, put yeah. your jaw back on that's right it's still be talking <laughs> You would you just be... We get it. You don't yeah. have a jaw. We well, haven't got a jaw. Can we just get on the... Can I... Seriously. I don't want to turn off my phone. I'm reading the magazine. <laughs> but, so, so, the drink's trolley. Yeah. I've got a jaw. I know how to drink. <laughs> I can put something to my lips and smack them with delight. 
bring a drink with a straw for Clarky. <laughs> oh, of course, it'll all be subtitles. Yeah. yeah. Right. And also, there are a variety of people flying too. Some people would be there for the first time and they'd be screaming in horror. <laughs> While you were like this. You need that drink even more. That's Come a, on, keep it down. What, you've never been on a plane before. Get over it. Yeah, calm it's down. Just, it's just Clarky. Yeah. Remember, this is what happens when you don't tuck if a cricket ball smacks you in the face. <laughs> It was good because he got rid of his neck tats. <laughs> got him some respect. Does he have neck tats? Probably. No. no I don't think no, so. No, no, he has no. tats. Yes. He's yeah. got a sleeve. That's right. Yeah. But he doesn't have a neck tat. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Still got time. Yeah, give him time. Yeah. But um, you were saying that there was someone who oh yeah, so was not quite prepared for that. Yeah. No, she had no idea and was screaming and oh. was yeah, like really freaked out and uh, yeah. Wasn't coping with it at all. There was another person. Did they have a funniest home videos version that they could show her? <laughs> like where they just put a boy on Yeah. <laughs> with a great voiceover. <laughs> Gee, he really should have listened to Robbo. <laughs> His face has gone tits up. <laughs> yes, the top five should have listened to Robbo's. Point home. The army would do that though, weirdly enough, because an interesting thing about the briefs is well, it's not interesting, it's the boring thing about the briefs is that they're very particular because everyone has to understand everything all right. the time. Of course. So they make safety demonstrations on an aeroplane look uh, yeah. like fleeting and yeah. uh, subtle. Yeah, er- <laughs> everyone, yeah. Yes. yeah, I imagine. Military precision. Military precision with no room for doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So it can get annoying. And I I did talk about this in my show that I did about it a couple of years ago and about how I had a I did have someone explain to me how to wash my hands. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you would have got that. Here's the soap, use the soap, and then after that you have to dry your hands. You can use the towel or the blow dryer, I'll leave that choice up to you. That kind of stuff. Do they give you the choice of just wiping your hands and your pants? No. No, 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 no. no, That was not in the handbook. Right. And you could even say that, can I wipe can I wipe my hands on my pants? And I'd be like there's a towel there and a blow dryer. Oh man, how many times are you told don't drink the water? Oh yeah, so geez. many times. So hang on, what's this? Don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. Don't open yeah. your mouth while you're in the shower. But that's like going down blade. Yes. Yeah. So no, there's, a lot, there's a lot of fluoride in that water. It's good no, for you. No, so because the water is what poisonous is it? Like, well, as in, like you get food poisoning. Like, well, well, they the just can't guarantee the um, quality of the water. They, it's just like kind of barley or something. I guess. Right. Yeah, and like in Taran Cow, there was a, a moment. This is going to get graphic, people, but there was a moment where I had to go to the toilet. Went to a cubicle, opened it, went, oh, there's poo in there. Went to the next one, opened it, went, oh, there's poo in there. Thought I'll go to another one. Went to another one, opened up, went, oh, that's not good. And then went to another one, opened it, and went, oh my god, this smells like death. And then I. Closed the door, and that's when I realised I've got to read signs more carefully. That was called the gastro toilet. Oh. That's how prevalent it is. There oh. is there was a cubicle for wow. gastro. Oh no, that is horrific. They should oh. have one of those at music festivals. Yeah, <laughs> that would be handy. The big day out should take note. Get some ex-military guys in next year. <laughs> sort yeah. it out. So, um, how long do you go away for? I was, it's a really short time, actually, isn't yeah. it? I think I went two weeks and a, two and a half weeks the first time and a week the second time. Yeah, I was about 11 But days. the first time I went, there was a rock in there as well. Right. And the second time, it wasn't there, so yeah. it's half as long. It's a bigger tour back then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were just at war with more countries. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just a bigger tour. There was more of a circuit. Yeah. yeah. But that's what the circuit goes through. Yeah, there's three times where everywhere has a room. That's why I'm campaigning and, for North Korea to hurry up and get, right. get yes. it happening, because that could be another that could be another leg of gigs Oh, and so, so much hilarious local. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We've all seen MASH. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the whole gig wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> Also, doing dodgy Asian accents will come back into fashion again. It's like, oh, racism's okay as long as it's like against a, an enemy that you're at war with. Yeah, yes, I think it is okay. That's fine. That's, that I was my justification. Man, I watch the the Craig Ferguson show every night, and he, you know, like the jokes he makes about the Taliban are well. They're racist. Yeah, it right. doesn't show much understanding. Yeah. No, it, but there's that sort of thing of, like, if someone's at war with you, you're allowed to be as racist as you want. Yeah. War is like, war's like the ultimate racism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Right. <laughs> and yeah. also... Um, if you prepare to shoot somebody, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. because of the yeah. colour of their skin and where they're from. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about as racist as you can That's a 100% that is a racist. racist. Yeah. yeah. On a scale of one to appearing on Hey Hey It's Saturday, right. that is yeah. right up near Hey Hey It's Saturday. Yeah, I think yeah. if, like, um, someone shot someone of another race in front of Harry Connick Jr., he would have the right to be 
offended by that. Because, yeah. well, to his dad... To let past comment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to let everyone know that I'm not comfortable with that person being shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving him two points. <laughs> but he had a lovely smile. <laughs> two, two points. <laughs> Devastating score. So... Yeah. Uh, so you get your little briefing, your yeah. little brief, or you get your, your briefing, yes. And then do you get immediately go, or is that like a, a pre- no, previous weeks to... before, isn't it? Uh, it's also a bit of a meet and greet with you, <laughs> the other performers you're with. Well, my, mine was the the day before, oh, okay. but I, because I had to fly into Sydney, mm. so I was there with um, uh, uh, Ben Gilly's new band, Bento. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Gilly's from Silverchair, who I taught the uh, the term bronzing up, and he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard, and actually asked in the briefing, will there be any occasions to bronze up? And Robbo said, mate, what's that? And he explained it to him, and Robbo's like, oh, right, okay, well, I don't think that will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Robbo's like, maybe if you hide, have to hide some from some Kong yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a gastro latrine, yeah. you may need to bronze up. This or is just a- if you use the gastro McLean, you might inadvertently bronze up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're self-bronzing. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's, it's the five star of bronzing up really yeah without a doubt yeah, you don't even need your hands just roll around in there for a while it is very much a spray tan yes. like if someone else is in there it's, but it's like going for a spray tan yeah but the you weird thing is it defeats purpose though because the whole point of bronzing up is to keep someone away from you yes right. people are just stay away from the gastro toilets anyway yeah right. exactly exactly <laughs> the uh, what was Iraq like was that scarier than uh, Afghanistan? No, Afghanistan felt like the real bit on my trip because when we went to Iraq, uh, the bases that I went to, one was in the middle of Baghdad, in the middle of the green zone, but that was like an administrative centre. Right. So that was more diplomats and that kind of thing, but you are right in the centre of a really, really big green zone. Right. So you were far, a long way away from Iraq and uh, the actual Iraq where Iraqis live. But the uh, and then the other part we went to was Talil, which was a training base, and again that was sort of in a quieter area. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near Fallujah or the places that were very dangerous at the time. Yeah, right. Um, but then when we went to Afghanistan, we were the first entertainers to go in and, and do a show in Tarankout, and that was that felt like the outer limits. Like when you went to Tarankout, it probably had all been it's all been developed a bit. When we were there, I think it had only been there twelve months. Oh, so right. it was still a base that was. Now, that's not true. It had been there longer, but the Australians had only just got there recently. I think the base had already been there. So uh, infrastructure-wise, they, they were putting in drainage and things like that. Right. So half the camp was just like mud. Well, they're tearing it down. That's right. So yeah, we're, that's we're, right. They're finished now. Yeah, so oh, we're getting close. Getting close. And so you're there and you're watching this, this place be dismantled. So you just made it, really. Yeah, yeah. You're like the guy who signed up just as before the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima. You're like, yes. oh, I just want to see some action. Yeah, this is, uh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> no, it's good. It was perfect uh, timing. Yeah. I got through. You can march on Anzac Day. I've got medals. Yeah. <laughs> you still went to war. Yeah. Did, we, did you ever get any codes? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like? Well, we got a code red on our opening Oh, night. no, no, no. Well, I had a... I, what you've been through is quite horrific. I didn't have anything like that. The worst I had was a flare blowing out the side of a Hercules to as a deterrent for a heat-seeking missile that wasn't there. It was yeah, just procedure. But that's, right. that's about it. Uh, on our first night after Taron Cow, we, the, the gig went well and, yeah. you know, it was fun. And standing around talking, we got a code red, which is telling you to get back to your get back to your room and your room's like a bunker it's like it's like season two of lost yeah (laughs) (laughs) everyone's like what's justin downstairs just like putting numbers into a computer every hour yeah i was working out to certain records like (laughs) i was getting ready and anyway i i'll be honest i was in the middle of a conversation and i moved so quickly i feel like i finished off the conversation in my room without anyone there so it's like if someone was saying to me what do you think of the gig i said oh man i had such a good code red code red next thing is me in that room in my pajamas talking to no one saying time and i can't wait for the next one (laughs) i love that in that scenario you move so quickly but still put on your pajamas yes (laughs) like i want to be comfy before i can continue this i better get in my jammies yes if i'm gonna die i want to die in my jammies i want to die it's so funny it's that's kind comfy. of like your life though because normally when you're out without having fun when you go home you just suddenly be at home in your pajamas <laughs> you, you, you treat code red bomb mornings the same way as yeah. you treat a night out <laughs> well this is done yeah yeah it's kind of like you thought oh so your first thought probably wasn't oh my god there's going to be a bomb it's like oh my god i get to go to bed now yeah right. <laughs> 
<laughs> in fact, tired. you should bring that into your life. You should <laughs> just literally at that point where you've decided you want to go home, just go code red. Code red. He's out. <laughs> What happened to Justin? Code red. Yeah. He's at home in his pyjamas right now. Finishing, finishing that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, that, that, that gets the blood up. Yeah, yeah. So why was there a code red? Was there actually something happening? Nobody told us, but uh, when we were allowed to, you know, leave our rooms and I went to brush my teeth uh, using bottled water, I uh, stood on the balcony and I watched... Uh, at helicopters dropping red flares into the mountainside, which was kind of equal parts awe-inspiring, horrific, mm. and kind of beautiful at the yeah. same point, you yeah. know? It was very weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you go, I don't know what's going on out there. And then when you talk about it, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's... But I was always suspicious of that stuff. I was suspicious. I had a feeling that there was... That they were... No, I had a feeling that our minders, when I was there, I think that they were suppressing information. Yeah. For the purposes of the entertainers not freaking out. Right. I think that we were managed. I could feel that we were managed. And and that that makes sense. But it's weird, though, because I'm used to people just telling me what's happening. Right. And I'm quite a curious person. So I... Like, when I was there, yeah, I I would be saying to the guy... um, I was there with the McClymonts. They're, like, country music... uh, They're three sisters and their country music act. And uh, also Alan Caswell... And uh, this guy, Adrian Ross, who played uh, Didgeridoo. But anyway, so I'd often be standing with Molly McClymont, who's like 19. And, um, yeah, so the, I'd be like, so you know how we've got, you know, these uh, bulletproof vests? Uh, to, like, is, we're wearing... We don't need to be wearing it now, do we? This is obviously just a protocol thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it is just a protocol thing. But just to leave it on all the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, and I'd look, and I'd think, oh, yeah, well, she's 19 and yeah. probably... She yeah. probably doesn't need to know that we actually need this on at the moment. So yeah. that kind of thing would happen all the time. And then when you moved, they took her aside and said, look, we're worried about Tom. Yeah. So we're just hiding it from him. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was fine. She's like, yeah, fair enough, because yeah. he would freak out. <laughs> He's in his early 30s. <laughs> and it's like, but that would be it. I like, so if I could just take it off now. And they're like, no, leave it on. You're like, oh, okay. But okay. So are you in military clothes? What are you wearing apart from the... You wear um, King G workwear is what I wore, but they seem yeah. to get more and more lax with that as time wore on. They they seem to say that we had to have... They liked us all to be dressed the same more just as a, I don't know, a, 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 an aesthetic thing or something. Yeah. A stylistic choice. Yeah. Kind of, but right. I think it's just King G workwear, essentially. Yeah, I don't think uh, going to one of these camps is a time to bring uh, the introduction of individualism. Yes, <laughs> in right. any way. So the whole so. idea is not about. No, they don't want people suddenly. Yeah. going. I'm an individual. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't right. trust me. And also, I suppose to an outside observer, you just look like. You just <laughs> Which was why they couldn't book Mark Joko Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An individual. Otherwise, they want to. Are you, are you going to do that? I'm an individual shit, and he goes, "That's all I've got." Yeah. yeah. I say, "Well, you can't come on the." Top I can only be the energizer guy yeah. for the opening five. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to finish with my song. Yeah, yeah I'm going to start with oi oi oi, yeah. and then I'm going to. Move on. Uh, to go from there. But I think it was part practical too, just so you didn't, um, you know, rip your clothes. Oh, yeah. Because Hercules and all that kind of thing, they're all sort of a bit rough man, to sit in. How, how exciting is the Hercules for the first 15 minutes? Yeah. And then it's just painful. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's like a cargo bay pretty much with seats along the sides and it's very noisy. You've got to put in earplugs so you don't go deaf, you know. And um, when you're in there, it's, it's a lot to take in. But then, you know, four hours, because it's one of the flights is like a, the equivalent of Sydney to Perth in distance, but you're in a cargo plane. Right. But the upside of that is you can just walk around, which is quite nice. It makes me think that, you know, Qantas will get onto that, just fuck off all the seats and just have the passengers down the sides. And then, like, once you're up in the air, they just, the seat belts off and everyone just wanders around like a cocktail party. It would be quite nice. (laughs) That would be good. It would be nice. It'd go quicker. No DVT. Happy days. Yeah. No DVTs. Very hard to protect against flamboyant terrorists, though, you know what I mean? Yes. Because if they're the life of the party, yeah. no one knows that they're, like, you know, yeah. swanning up towards the pilot. <laughs> they won't stand out. Um, so, what, there's no entertainment or anything, I guess, on there. So, like, what do you do for no, four hours? Books. Books. Books okay. is the best thing. Yeah. I read Flags of Our Fathers when I was on that trip. But I like, even that had nothing to do with that particular uh, thing, it was... It was good to read about people who are in a worse situation than me. Right. <laughs> you know, reading about the landing of Iwo Jima and stuff like that, you re- it's like, oh, man, gee, this, this is quite luxurious on this Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
the uh, we had talking about trying to maintain the, uh, the 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 orderly nature of everything that's going on. When we were in Kabul, uh, no, sorry, we were in Kandahar about to fly to Kabul. Mm. In the waiting area, a TV was on, and uh, the news was that uh, a suicide bomber had just gone off in Kabul, mm. and uh, and I saw that and went, oh, that's not good. And the, the people in charge were like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry about it. Happens every day. Don't worry about it. See, it's it's fine. Let's get blase. Yeah, mm. and it's like, yeah, but that might happen every day for you. But yeah. I'd like to see five hundred people at the comics lounge and me just say, don't worry about it. Just just do thirty. Yeah, it'll yeah. be right. <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, you know. Or you just like hate to have to go to the comics lounge every night and know that someone was going to blow up at some stage. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen. Right. <laughs> And that gig, that could happen. Yeah, yeah. You never know. I, um, I told you about the heckler. Tell us. Uh, there we was haven't a, told the podcast audience. I haven't told the podcast audience. There was a heckler at the Comic Slams where I'm performing for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And the, the guys that work there are big guys, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're about your height. I'd, I'd say they're... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they're big guys. They're like six foot three, I reckon. Yeah, at least, yeah. right? All Stacked, you know, yeah. they're built guys. And anyway, there was a uh, there was a dude who'd been heckling throughout the show, but he was hidden somewhere in the dark, and they couldn't find him. So before I came on stage as the headliner, he decided he was going to sit up the front, and he must have been doing it to try and amuse his mates at the oh, back. Right, right. So he's sitting up the front, and I've been. He's kind of uh, he tackled Monty Franklin as the host. He's dealt with him as best as he can because he's trying to get me on. I've walked out. And he's still yelling, and he's he, he's a UK guy, and he's kind of giving me the hands, you know, got his arms crossed, thinking he's the man. And I was saying to him, you should stop, because the guys at work here are massive, and if you keep talking, they'll come for you. And he kept giving me shit, and I was saying to him, you don't understand, they are coming for you. And what was great about this was he was so close to the front, he had his back to everything behind him, and they were coming for him. Yeah. Like, they were in the <laughs> The rest of the audience is watching these big guys move through the dark. They're all positioned behind oh. him, and he's still getting cockier. And I said, I swear to God, I'm happy for you to stay, but you're going to go. And he said something, and they swooped, and they said, you should leave, and he kind of freaked out and tried to push one of them, and that gave them the excuse to lift him up, and I said, I don't even know what you're doing. That's not even the big one. And on cue, Grantley came from the other side of the room, and he is massive. <laughs> massive. And I've said, holy shit, it's about to happen. And so they've dragged him out, and then I've turned around to the yeah. audience and said, well, that's a, this is a tough way to start a gig, but we can all feel good about the knowledge that he's now dead. Yeah, <laughs> He's dead, and we're all in on this, and what we need to do is get our alibi tight, because right. we're going to have to rely on each other. Exactly. I want us all to be free to enjoy the Herald Sun tomorrow when we read about someone who disappeared on Herald Street. (laughs) You were essentially the safety demonstration at the start of the... And he ignored it. He was blasé about the dangers that were coming his way. It was such a great visual to see (laughs) these guys just swarming through the... Do you get heckled at all on your war gigs? Or is it like, are they so disciplined that they don't heckle? Because that's an interesting... I don't really remember there being any heckling. There's There's a little bit of sort of... I mean, you know, this. There, the army's full of smartasses. I yeah. know that. Like, I remember, I went on Christmas Day. I had uh, got invited to a lunch with all the um, training staff at Talil in Iraq, and I remember there was one guy who was the funny guy, like right. in, in inverted commas, yeah. kind of self-appointed and probably tolerated <laughs> a bit. And I just, and he was just really like trying to be funny, like and put me down. So yeah. I just had to destroy him. Yes. <laughs> just so I could eat. I, just, I wouldn't normally, like, normally I wouldn't yeah. really compete in a social situation because right. it's like, you know, I'll just keep it for a gig and whatever and I don't really care. But he was just pinging away so much. I, he was an easy target, so I just yeah. made fun of him and all these, made all these mates laugh at him. You had to bring out your special SAS moves, though. Yes, right? my, you little, just like, my little special moves. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah. I can do this, mate. Yeah, you I made can. me do yeah. this. <laughs> I didn't want to do this. You made me. Like Bruce Banner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you enlighten me when I'm funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are just going around, oh, mate, you don't want to, you don't want to make him witty. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to like him when he's witty. Oh, <laughs> Evil shit on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <But> yeah. <laughs> oh god! The, the, those people are always fascinating, aren't they? Yeah. The people who decide to have a bit of a crack. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. They just get too confident. I had a person last night actually in my show announced that he was had just got engaged, 
but it's pretty ballsy. Like, I hadn't done any show yet. I pretty much just walked out, and he was at the very back of the room. Yelled out that he was engaged, but he, <laughs> but he was lying. You could just tell he was lying. That made me d- dislike him straight away. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going to... Yeah, like, it was, for example, I get sometimes people who think they'll be really funny in the front row. They'll fuck you up. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I still like at least dealing with facts or something or right. things that are actually in the room. Like, if you're a stranger yelling out fictions at me... It doesn't mean anything it's no at all. It just confuses Nothing, people. You know, I'm 58. Got your good one. I'm actually 27. I mean, what can you, <laughs> what can you do with that? You know? right. But that's what he was like. I was just, and so I just kept trying to get to the bottom of the fact that he wasn't like, was he engaged or not? And it was, and then I sort of tried to explain that it was actually everyone else was out and they probably didn't care about his engagement. And then I felt bad because I thought, Fuck, what if he is engaged? It's a big day when you get engaged. That's very exciting. And now he's now he's like he's, it, this has gone from a special day to a really shit day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had this really cross purposes, but anyway, I came out and and uh, all the staff at the Melbourne Comedy Festival assured me that it was made up and that he was a dickhead, and then I felt okay again. Right, and also but I was feeling sort of. But a even bit if he had got in that gauge that day and he was being a dickhead, then maybe you gave that woman an insight <laughs> an yeah. into yeah. the fact that like, yeah. you know, their life was going to be terrible together. Or maybe Tom uh, had inadvertently made him a better person. Right. Because he realised, oh, maybe, like, I've gotten engaged, but I'm still a wanker. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I think Tom's shown me the light. <laughs> right, maybe. It's a turning point. Yeah. Let's, let's do something nice while we're here, because this is a, a good moment, mm. uh, to speak about engagements, <laughs> yes. uh, which is this. Uh, uh, some very, very big fans of this podcast, well, uh, Jala and Adam have just got engaged. Oh, nice And one. Jala's a big fan of the podcast. And yep. in, in fact, at one stage, uh, Adam, who is uh, the brother of James Fosdyke, who does all the art for our podcast and yep. did my poster and stuff this year, he contacted me and we were going to maybe even do something on the podcast to because he wanted to do a, you know... Uh, special, something special. Yeah. Something special. He ended up doing something else and it was very romantic, but I did want to give them a shout out, seeing that uh, at some stage that it was going to happen on this well, podcast. Well, so long as it actually happened, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That would be something you can feel good about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. we've evened out the balance. Yeah. There was an imaginary <laughs> one and there was a good one. And he didn't yell it out in the wrong place. He probably told you quite politely. I did once, um, a, a guy did arrange to ask his girlfriend to marry uh, him in my show. Right. Uh, Which I I did. It was in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, And because he got in contact with me, then, you know, we're big fans and we met at your show or one of their first dates had been at one of my shows or something. And he said, I'd love to do it, like, you know, at the start of your show if I could do that. And all I said to him was, we can do it, but we're doing it at the end. Because yeah, if yes. she says no, I can't then do my show. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, that is right. I've, yeah. got, I've got some skills, but I can't. I can't do an entire hour after she's turned you down in front of all yeah, those people. Yes, yeah. We have to do it at the end. Everyone's just going to be feeling the dread. Right. I think there must be a code with women, though, where, and that's just presuming that the man proposes to the woman. can't happen the other way around. That's what happened with me. But um, that I reckon that if you were in a public situation, like if I got proposed to in a right. public situation, so I yes would say yes and then walk outside and go, no. Have you, have you seen footage? And then I walked back inside and I said, I said, no, out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> now try and enjoy the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever seen footage when, when someone says no? Like you, I've seen, oh, it, I've seen wow, footage wow. of it at sporting yeah, events, sporting and, events that. and stuff. It's horrific. Oh, yeah. and, and the girls always kind of like uh, each time they're kind of laughing but not because they find it funny but it's like how do I cope with this it's yes. like oh no yeah. I, I don't think yeah. that no ever means yes but I think sometimes with public proposals we've got to accept that yes sometimes means no yes. <laughs> someone, says, someone says yes publicly yeah. that does not actually mean yes yeah. necessarily you know, yeah. what's it going to take you just don't know what's yeah. it going to grab on I'm, I'm going to do a forward sell okay. of, of 10 months mm-hmm. for you I have right. a, I you're have, getting engaged no Oh, no, this, uh, is the, this is the opposite of commercial radio. Coming up in yeah, 10 months. Coming yeah. up in 10 months. Or, so, sometime after I September. read Carl Sandland's book, by the way. Was it yep. called Coming Up in 10 Months? Well, no, but literally he did resets in the book. Oh. Like he went on radio. Coming up was, in the next chapter. Yeah. He'd do forward sales, <laughs> and then he'd do a bit of like, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's like, uh, we know that. We're reading the book. Yeah. yeah. And no one has come in at page 30. We don't need to reset. Yeah. We just read those pages. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Did he throw to phones? Yeah. <laughs> Like you ask a question, then there's just blank page where you can write in your answers. Yeah, yeah. there was a whole. Cha- I'm Tanya from Parramatta, and the what I think is. There was a whole chapter where you have to actually put yourself on a lie detector. Yeah. 
and answer a series of questions. <laughs> uh, very personal questions. Yeah, uh, secret sound was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Snap. Uh, is it a tweak? <laughs> Someone clicking their fingers. <laughs> it's a dragon. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Uh, so I'll be able to tell this story after September of someone, uh, a friend of mine has planned a very elaborate engagement oh, proposal oh. and it's a, it's a cracking idea and I feel pretty positive that it's going to work out all right. And it's happening in about September. It'll, be, it'll happen in September. So right. people who live in So listen, they're planning to get good enough at AFL football to win the Norm Smith medal in a grand final and then propose that because that, that would be the best proposal uh, for September. For September. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> win a premiership, win a medal, win a heart. Right. <laughs> This premiership and this medal are fantastic, but they're worth nothing if Narelle won't marry me. <laughs> oh Will my... you marry me, Narelle? <laughs> There's Narelle. No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> she walks you out wearing, you... wearing footy gear too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That'd be good. <laughs> but um, but pe- uh, people who listen to the podcast, just, just remind us. Okay. Because we'll forget. Of course. Yes. But if they I've remind us, we'll come September. It. You know what I'm we'll thinking? You know, I'm feeling like you're Clark Kent. How uh, Clark Thank Kent knows <laughs> Superman. And, you, oh, and you're like, oh yeah, I've, I've got this friend who yeah. in 10 months is going to oh, really yeah. elaborate. Like, is it you, maybe? Yeah, yeah I can't so. answer that. <laughs> I would be devastated if I was engaged in by September. Why? Really? Yeah, Why? I'd well, be you devastated. Might, you might really have your, yeah, you might have met the love of your life. Yeah, I'll lose my edge. Oh. <laughs> Don't feel like that. Be happy. No, I am happy. Yeah, but be ha- maybe you find someone to be happy with. Yeah, but I get you, the impression that she'll not let me hang out with you guys. Yes, if you, well, will. if you take out all the scraps in that sentence, you just pretty much said, I'd be devastated to be happy. I would be. <laughs> I wouldn't know That's how to... That's what you actually said. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know how to feel comfortable. If I was happy, I'd be devastated. <laughs> yeah, because then what would I be? And thus you wouldn't be happy anymore, so you'd be fine. And I'd have you'd no edge. You'd solve your own problems. No, all right. Because well, you'd maybe... be unhappy about the fact that you were happy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to propose would give you to someone. Again. <laughs> just <laughs> Just anyone. Wouldn't this be... That would be the great payoff to this podcast, though. Yeah. If 10 months from this podcast... We do a wedding. Yeah. yeah. No, just the proposal, 10 months from now. Oh, then, yeah. And then after that, we'll you know, plan the wedding. But Two years. It'll be like one of those... It's like a team movie. It's like, a, you know, 40 dates in 40 nights or, a, like, you know, some sort of thing where you have to find a partner in yes. for a thing. Yeah. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's the kick up your ass you need. What does that mean? Quest. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe that's how you get into the next period of your life. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a great comedy festival show next year. Yeah, oh, that'd be you win good. the Barry. It's a great hook. Get married and win the Barry. Yeah, that'd be yeah. The Mary Barry double. <laughs> yeah, the famous a... Mary Barry double. Never been done. No, never. Been done. <laughs> it's a tough one to pull yeah. off. <laughs> I can't wait to get married. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> We could do that. That's a very commercial. In fact, I think Lemo did that, didn't he? Didn't Lemo do oh, he, 50 dates in 50 nights in Adelaide? In Adelaide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He dated one of our friends. One of the dates was with Fred while she was dressed as a clown. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he would do this thing on the radio where yeah. every night he would go on a, a different date with another yeah. person. Yeah. Well, I just find being on air on the radio every day amazing. Yeah. Right. He went on... He went well, on like going out and doing other things. He went on 50 dates, and that's why he now lives in Melbourne. Right. <laughs> he has 50 children. Exactly. <laughs> Did I win a prize? Uh, well, how do you feel about motherhood? Yeah. <laughs> the, the joy of life. There you go. Play mine. <laughs> how do you feel about splitting an inheritance with 50 other people? <laughs> That's why Limo works so hard now. <laughs> He's got a lot of coin. That would be amazing. Imagine having that, that many stepchildren. Like, <laughs> 50. Imagine oh, if we 50 out. days of each other. <laughs> Yeah, the birthdays. That'd be a birthday season. Oh, you know, like two months of birthdays. Oh, we're coming up to July. You know how hard July is. Oh, yeah, the poor bugger. <laughs> he's just from, from, from July to the middle of September. He's just he's just in Meyer in the toy store. He's Lemo, just chilling out vouchers. He, he called it a, his Hawthorne membership drive. <laughs> 50, 50 new Hawthorne fans. Bring him to the club. Yes, another membership. Every Lemo. day. <laughs> Make a great photo with them all wearing the brown and gold scarves. <laughs> Harold Sun would go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should tell Lemo to admit to them. <laughs> Mike, Mike Sheen could do rank Lemo's kids the top 50. Yeah, imagine, imagine, imagine Gertrude coming in at 17 and everyone yeah. devastated by it because they thought she had a pretty good year at three. Oh, she's been great for the last two years. She's really dropped off since she's turned four. 
<laughs> she just lost her charm. <laughs> anyway, we probably shouldn't talk about Lemo's dating life all the time. Mm. Uh, how's your festival been, Tom? Has it been a fun festival? Uh, yeah, it's been good fun. I've enjoyed it. My parents just saw my show, like on the weekend, which was... Uh, Is that the first time they've seen it? Yeah. First time they've seen this show, yes. which was exciting for me because it was... I was outing myself as someone who's not religious. Well, I wasn't outing myself. It was just a bit of an issue because they're quite devout. Yes. And it's been great because um, they've seen my show many years in a row, uh, which is, and they're into it. But I do sort of push the limits a little bit of taste in my show, and I can't complain, you know, I can't claim to be the most edgy comedian ever, but. You know, it's the thing that I'm really enjoying is I find that the com- our conversations move forward by decades sometimes after they've seen a show. So it's good to hear about they... their doubts about religion and what they think. And it's oh, like right. it's like it's a really unsubtle way of reminding them that I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by having a by being able to talk about issues that I think about, you know, to a full room that's laughing a lot. So how bad can it be? Yeah. yeah, it's really good. That is interesting because I often feel with my life because I obviously yeah. don't talk to my parents because my, like my my dad, you know, lives on the road that he was born on, doesn't drink, married the first woman he ever kissed. You know, yeah. um, we have very different lives. The other day there was a big uh, thing in the dairy industry, uh, and he explained to me for an hour about how the changes to this one dollar milk and this company mm. they're involved in and how it was good for the dairy industry. And for fifty five an hour, he explained every detail of that to me. And I sat there and I nodded and I asked questions. I wasn't engaged. And I did not understand a word or care about anything that we were talking about. <laughs> and I suddenly realised what it's like for him to see my shows. <laughs> like, we're all in, we're all there because we love each other. Yeah, we're all yeah. Pretending yeah. to be interested because we love each other, but yeah. none of us are interested in what's happening. So I, I find that really interesting because I talk also, obviously, about a lot mm. about you know things that I would never directly talk to my parents about necessarily. Mm. You know that, but then when they see the show, they'll ask about some of them. Well, and it's not what you're others. scared to; it just never comes up, right? It's not, not like I'm ever at a barbecue with mum and dad, and it's Christmas time, and I'm like, oh yeah, and they're like, do you want some? Yeah, I have a sausage. Oh, with oh, it's avocado and so that's nice. God doesn't exist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's not one you can slip into conversation without, you know, sounding like an asshole. So. Particularly at Christmas. Yes. Happy birthday, Jesus. Oh, by the way, I don't yeah. believe in any of this. Yeah. I don't more importantly, though, my parents saw your show, Will, and they yes. loved it. Well, and I'm surprised a little bit, not because of, like, obviously you're a very good comedian. Yeah. <laughs> not like having a dig. But I, I wouldn't have quite... My dad, first of all, requested to see your show. Oh, well, So he good. wanted to... He picked you because he's a big fan of the Gruen Transfer. Oh, see, yeah. But so that, he's on that your is, wavelength. But that is a little scary because if someone just comes to my show... Only because... they're a fan of the Gruen Transfer... Yes. They're not going to necessarily... Um, yeah. Like, it, it's certainly a lot looser than that is. But he's... But, you know, like, they've been watching... But they've been me, around They've been watching me since I started... Right. So the seal of the galas would have seen you many times, right. but but they absolutely loved it. They were just raving about it, which is great, and they were quoting jokes and stuff. Oh, really? They got lots of favourites. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's really good. Really into it, and I and I, it's a pretty big compliment because they they can be quite scathing too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just. Because they don't really... Are they, no, are they reviewing for Chortle this year? <laughs> it is a bit like a Chortle review. They, they can kind of cut to someone's soul a little bit right. sometimes. Well, um, people might not know this, but Tom's mum was in his show <coughs> last year where she would get yes. up, uh, she would be revealed at the end and, and perform some stand-up. Yes. And uh, we were in adjacent rooms last year at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, except your show started half an hour before mine. That's right. Uh, so I would see you and your mum on the way to the gig every night and what was amazing about his mum is she started taking on all the traits that we have as comedians so there was one night where she complained that there wasn't a sold out sticker on the board when there should have been there was another night where she wasn't happy with the sound there was another night where she just thought the audience was a bit slow and every night she would come out with some ripper line yeah. and Tom and I would just meet eyes for a moment and just go, wow. Yeah. It's, and it was never on purpose. It like, was right. Yeah. And just to point out, like, she did, she's an amateur, so she'd done two gigs and then she did the comedy festival. That, that yeah. was her that's her run. But, yeah, she'd, say, she'd just shrug. How'd it go? You know, she'd shrug her shoulders. Oh, Wednesday, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> She just picked it all up, and she and it was actually a really fascinating ride for me too because I was backstage with my mum every night, and I noticed that like I, I did start to, the closer I got at first I just thought it was a really good idea because I was telling a long story about 
finding out that she was actually quite funny, which yeah. was a surprise. And so I thought it'd be good to get her to do a spot as a surprise. But then when it got right up to the crunch, I was like, this is quite a big ask. She was quite nervous in the technical rehearsal on the right. day. And also because it's later in the show, I'm assuming. It's at the end. end. Yeah. So essentially, like her first gigs uh, have you doing support. Yeah, for an hour. For like an hour. An hour, yeah. Yeah. An hour of your best stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the world's like, worst MC. Right. I'll, ju- I'll just bring you straight on an hour later, and here she is. <laughs> yeah. G'day, Steve Bedwell, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> he devastated me one year. Oh. But she was... Um, but I started to notice that emotional roller coaster of doing a festival. You know, I had to think right back to maybe the first time I did one. Right. So I had to monitor her... Um, what's the word? Like, her enthusiasm a little bit, because... She would, you know, if one wasn't that great, she would wear it. You know, she'd right. feel like she'd ruined the show sometimes. And, and you're like, no, 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 it doesn't matter. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. So you'd sort of have to help her out a little bit. Or yeah. she'd be con- she was concerned about media night that reviewers are in. Like, somehow she caught wind of that. And right. She was worried that, you know, that she could ruin the show and the review. And it's like, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, yeah it was quite um, interesting. But I lived the festival through her eyes, too. Yeah. So it's sort of like she was just, you know, happy to have a backstage pass, like seeing other shows, like walking around oh, the yeah. hi-fi bar, meeting comedians she'd seen on TV. So right. I it's sort that, of got that buzz back. It's that first thing. Doing all the things that later on we ignore. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to the start of the festival normally these days and someone hands you your festival pass and you throw it somewhere and don't find it until <laughs> the festival finishes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to the hi-fi bar once this year. It's been great. Oh, I've been there. Uh, I probably shouldn't talk it because it's a good trick. I always go to the downstairs bar where the show was because in the downstairs bar, weirdly enough, even though there's a dancer on people music, you can actually hear yourself speak, uh, unlike upstairs. And also, uh, the, the, the upstairs bar attract... There's a certain desperation in there, like not, not trying to be too judgmental, but there are people, especially if you're new to the festival, where you feel like if you're not there, you're not being seen somehow. Like, that's the place to be where everyone is and where you're going to run into people. Whereas if you go downstairs, you just run into people who want to have a beer and have a chat. Yeah, <laughs> and you can hide in the shadows. And you can get to the bar quickly. That's Brad, Brad Oaks was telling me at the shelf the other night that he... I was chatting to Brad downstairs. See, yeah. I was chatting to all of them downstairs. Uh, Brad said the big thing is two beers. He said you've always got to get two beers at the festival club. Yeah. He said the greatest thing to do when you've got two beers in your hand is if you get caught in a conversation, you can go, oh, I'm so sorry, but I've got to get this other beer to this person, and then yeah. you wander off. But if you just like having the conversation with the person, you've got two beers. Yeah. So like, you don't even have to go anywhere. He said there's no downside to two beers. I'm like, oh, that I is see. a really good idea. <laughs> that is a, that is some, uh, that's 100% Oaksy yeah, as well, well, isn't it? I'm going to do that at home. Why I'm going to see it. I'm going to, yeah, I've got, I've got to give this beer to, um, the, to the neighbour. <laughs> Wife doesn't come home. I've got two beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is a great visual. It is. And it's it's frightening a bit that, that I am going to try it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to waste it. It's too good an idea. <laughs> you know, there's also the joking with the new comedian. Like, is you know, if you the, the way we joke together is you know, it's it's well, we've known each other a long time, so right. we, we'll go places that you shouldn't go with people that you don't really know what their last name is. Right. You know, so, Absolutely. so in the middle of a joke, you can then turn around and go wooshka with something that is horrific for the rest of the world, but funny in context amongst us, mm-hmm. and you can really paint a bad picture of yourself. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think I get that wrong a bit. Because mm. I'm I, like, because firstly, if I've already made the, com- the decision to go to the festival club, yeah, it means that I've already made a series of bad decisions leading up to that. <laughs> yes. Like, if I just went straight to the festival club, like from in the afternoon, yeah. Then I'd get there way too early. But B, <laughs> like, I would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I've always got to the festival club is I've already been like, let's make some bad decisions. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like that probably is part of it. It's probably yeah. just me. Yeah. I, find, I kind of treat it a bit like the uh, sport or something like that, or the zoo, actually. I just right. sort of, I, I always, I, I, I always say, I'm just going to go and have a look. And I do, that's probably more what I do. I right. just sort of walk around and just have a look. I like looking at everyone, just yeah. talking to each other and. You're like, crazy you're like Spock. You I just am. walk through and observe. <laughs> I am like Spock. <laughs> yeah. Spock with two beers. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's my next year's festival. Smoke with two beers. beers. <laughs> oh, what, what'll I do for the post? Oh, just a little dress up. <laughs> no, this is Draw it. parallels between Smock and my own life. That's the hour. <laughs> While holding two beers. <laughs> And then at the end of the gig, you decide whether you're going to give the beer to someone in the audience or if you're going to give it to someone else. That's, a, that's the big Kaiser. Mm. Yeah. we to go and talk to another audience. Hey. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a good Kaiser. Can you imagine? Sometimes I just like to take it in. I like watching people dance, too. It sounds quite creepy because I'm married, so it's not a good look, you know. Yeah. People know I'm married and I've got a kid and I'm at the back of the room just like holding a beer watching people dance. <laughs> But I think people look funny when they dance. They do. They're all... Ah, but anyway, sometimes they get caught there a bit too long. I sometimes I That's think... why I have to stay in the shadows, which makes it worse. Yeah, that is, that's all better. <laughs> that's all better. And sometimes my pants get loose. and uh, Whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's constricting, then, so I loosen right. my belt. And, I, and sometimes I want to sit down. Yeah. So I sit down at the back, just loosen my pants, and watch right. everyone dance in the dark. With a beer. With, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't have with one beer. Yeah, yeah, only one beer, because you need your other hand free. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sus. <laughs> oh no, definitely heaps of sus things. Oh, sorry, I got everything sus. That's his yeah. other character. Yeah. <laughs> my, one year, like a couple of this is quite a few years, about five years ago, I saw someone rooting at the festival. What? Really? Was it Arch Barker? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Someone rooting Arch Barker. It was. It was like the. Uh, Sometimes I think with Arch, it just happens without him knowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it could have been involuntary. Yeah. Sometimes it's like muscle memory. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking to him at the start of the at the start of the festival at the spleen bar, and he was making eye contact with me. It was unnerving me. And then I looked around; there were no women. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. not used to him looking at me <laughs> <laughs> while he's talking. We've chatted for 14 years. Yeah. I reckon this was the first time he thought, "Fucking hell, he looks like George Costanza." <laughs> Actually, having sex in the festival. Yeah, right? yeah. So it was. Um, yeah, that's they're, what they're com- over to the comedy side, does so get people for in the mood for it. Yeah. Well, it, w- it wasn't during the show. That would be odd. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like just after. But I was thinking that I don't know. How does that become a, you know, a smart thing to do? Like, do you? Well, you just get so focused, like you're just so into each other that you forget that you're well, out. Well, no, you've just got to do it quickly before your partner finds out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah we better do this now. They're upstairs, yeah. Oh, yeah caught quick. in a conversation with the comedian. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they can't get out of because they don't have two beers. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. So you can go downstairs and knock off Archibald. <laughs> get it over and done. <laughs> quickly get back upstairs. <laughs> All you have to do is sidle up to him and go, Arch, tight three. Let's go. I'll give you a light at two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Tisha A stuff. Yeah, yeah. The guest before I'm turning off the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, well, um, that's it. That's the podcast. Yeah. That was some entertainment for that some people. Good. Yeah. Um, Tom, uh, after Melbourne Comedy Festival, where do you go? Do you have shows I'm, or something on? Yeah, where? I'm going to the New Zealand Comedy Festival oh, that's for right, the first time. And. Uh, I'm going over to the Perth Comedy Festival and doing two shows at the Astor Theatre. Okay, when are you in Perth? Uh, in the middle of May. I think it's 17th ah, and 18th, thereabouts. That's, that's devastating. I'm there at the start of May. Oh. Yeah. Uh, your show, which one are you doing in Perth? Uh, I am doing four nights. So is it just like you stand, stand up? Show. Stand up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's the first time I've done a solo show. Right. Because I've come over and uh, I've either done the, the clubs or uh, I've done a lot of support for you over in Perth. Uh, so. And got rave reviews. Like you, you. Every time we're in Perth, yeah. they always mention you more than they should in the review. Oh, really? and I... <laughs> we've always talked about this. We've always talked about how I can only do so well, or it's going to put a kink yep. in the friendship. Yeah. I've had some gigs that I thought are going to take off, and I've mm. I've just thrown in a dud routine to keep yeah, the friendship yeah, intact. Yeah, fucking fair enough. Too. Yeah, that's why I pay you the medium-sized bucks. Not that big, actually. <laughs> got to, got to uh, know your so place. You've got to go. You're doing your shirt. So four nights. Whereabouts are you on? Uh, I'm at the Astor as well. So, oh, okay, beautiful. Uh, so people go and see those shows, hmm. and uh, definitely New Zealand people. We have some New Zealand listeners, so please yeah. go and check out Tom. Yeah, yeah that's my first time there, so I'd love to see you. Um, I am going to be doing some surprise gigs around town at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Nothing advertised, um, but um, you know, I'll be popping up at a few places because I'm in town for a few days, and they've asked me to. Uh, after that, I'm going to Alaska, um, which hopefully the details of which are up on my website by now, but I'm going to Alaska to do comedy, Tom. Have you ever been to Alaska? No. 
No, you get, is it just in Anchorage? Is there a club there? Um, I don't even know where it is oh. yet. It's four clubs. They might be digging it out right now, right, right out of the mountainside. <laughs> I don't really know anything about Alaska. But no, before yeah. I get there, I'm going to do some Googling. Yeah. Well, I read about it a bit on Wikipedia because I was interested because of the Sarah Payne, Sarah Payne documentary yeah. and stuff like that. The main thing that surprised me was how small it is. Like population-wise, there's no, there's not many people there. Right, you'll be surprised, and I think that yeah, right. also I think it's the real. Well, let's hope a world large world. percentage yeah. of them are fans of Australian comedy. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I reckon it's going to be what an amazing place to go. Yeah, well, that's that's why I'm going. I just yeah. thought when they said, "Do you want to go to Alaska to do gigs?" I'm like. Yep. I don't think I'm ever going to go to Alaska for any other reasons. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. So Alaska, and then I'm in London for two weeks at the Soho Theatre, and uh, then after that I've got gigs in the States and stuff, but I'll uh, plug them later on. Uh, I can You can find find Tom on Twitter at... Uh, at Nonstop Tom. Uh, Justin is Justin at Justin Hamilton, but with a uh, zero instead of the... A I. zero at the last O. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm, of course, at Will underscore Anderson. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers.